Everybody, it's going to welcome back to episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me as always, but alone this week, is Ricky. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Doing pretty good. Chris can't make it this week, so hopefully we'll have him in on one of the last couple of episodes as we end out the year. So we have a brief rundown of what this episode is going to be, as mentioned last week. We're going to talk about sort of a pseudo-retrospective on the year, just talk about the Pioneer product that's come out, what's happened with the format, where we started, where we're at now. Um, man, this year's been a, like looking back at what's happened in the year. Um, you know, obviously I can't remember every up and down of the of the year, but like I totally forgot that the Euroban was the beginning of this year. When did when did the Euroban happen? February. Jeez. Like the year's just felt so, the year feels so long. It was a long year. It feels like it's gone by pretty fast. But like when you look back at everything that's happened, it's like, oh, this year was, it was so long. Honestly, I think that 2020 felt really short, but that's mostly mm-hmm. because all the all the COVID bunker days just yeah, uh, we, we were all inside because they of it. just all ran together. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's what we'll do. That uh, next week we're gonna have a bit of. Hey, you got some Christmas money in your pocket. Here's what we think you should buy. And then the week after that to head into New Year's is going to be Dozen Slap reviews. And then the we're kind of talking about what we want to see from 2022 for Pioneer. Uh, this week, though, besides, like I said, that retrospective, Ricky is going to have some uh, last-minute holiday buying guide. Uh, hopefully, if Ricky has – I don't know exactly where you're pulling from, but hopefully – uh, it's, you know, uh, a store that can get things still to people by the time Christmas rolls around. If not, hey, belated Christmas gifts are always good. Uh, but as always, before we get to that, let's take a minute to talk about what killed Magic this week. And that is the new announcement that WPN stores are going to get a promo of Colorless Eternal Nightlands. So, hey, you know what? We love the shadow, the, the Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow lands, but... What if we got rid of the little bit of color that helped you still identify them from across the table? I think they're cool. Also, um, do you remember like the ampersand cards? Where did those go? Uh, I mean, they definitely got handed out because one of my buddies who's been drafting at one of our LGS this whole time was just like, yeah, man, it's great. He's like, there's eight people drafted. We draft. Everyone gets a promo. I sold Neb and Death for like $200. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I guess uh, – I, I went out. I actually have a I have a premier store, Dragon's Lair Houston, uh, collected company now you because do? I went out to a and I found out the other Dragon's Lairs in San Antonio did not have their names on them. Oh, they're not premium stores. No, I guess only that one in Houston is the one. The one in Houston by me does have like they get like 80, 90 man pre releases, so I could see why that's a premium location. Yeah. So, I mean, that was dope, but I guess, like, I think that the ampersands only went out to premium locations then. Yeah, I think so, too. So, that's why I haven't seen them out here in the the, the bergs of San Antonio. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, I honestly, I don't hate these lands a lot. It's just, like, wizards, they're already so hard to see already. Right. Um, Have you seen any of them in foil? Anyways, like, the mountain? Yeah. That mountain in foil is already impossible to tell it's a mountain or anything other than it the, just looks like a uh, – remember when people would like uh, acetone, like the foils? Or just leave them in like – leave your card in your window for like three years? Oh, yeah. That's a cool way to change cards. Back before the card quality sucked and, uh, you know, you could do that and it wouldn't pringle. Mm-hmm. It would just fade. 
Yeah. Uh, but no, the uh, they look fine. Nobody's like going to be. I don't think anybody's going to be clamoring for them. I think that the splash of purple on the swamps is like what makes the black and white swamps look so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like honestly, these aren't game ending, and there, there's honestly a lot more drama that killed Magic this week. I just don't want to get into it, and this is just kind of like a fun thing to point out. Uh, but Ricky, you you actually had a good point on what saved Magic, so we're gonna change gears and just. Shout out to the professor for talking about just how great Pioneer is. And once again, doubling down along with everyone else that, you know, Pioneer like needs to be pushed right now. Uh, absolutely. Uh, everybody else is very upset or not upset, I guess, but like not vibing with alchemy, it seems. Or the people that are like, again, we, like we said last week, if you're, if you're enjoying alchemy, great, like have fun with it. But like, they need to have something as an alternative for people who don't want alchemy. Right. I mean, Pioneers is such a great format right now, and I'm glad it's finally getting the respect it deserves. You know, it's just it's just a shame. It's just a shame that it took ruining Arena to do it. Hmm, maybe. I think we always said that when paper comes back, you know, Pioneer, it's going to be big, right? Yeah, indoor and plumbing, just like indoor plumbing, right? Exactly. Uh, and like it's you know, people can go out and play F and M's and small scale events now, and like, yeah. Pioneer is fun, and it yeah. doesn't involve $89 monkeys mm-hmm. or uh, $70 swords to plowshares. So, you know, it's a way more affordable format. I definitely think – I forget who it was on Twitter, but I saw someone saying that right now Pioneer is actually also just a very good introductory paper format as well. Like, yeah, go jam your your standard games on Arena and stuff like that, but Pioneer should just be like – the flagship entry-level paper format now. Yeah, I've actually, we've been, I got my friends into Magic, and we all were playing standard, like, with Eldraine and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then rotation happened, and somehow standard got worse after Eldraine. Never thought I'd, never thought that would happen. Here we are. Yeah, here we are. And so uh, I, I'm just, like, pushing Pioneer now. I'm not trying to get anybody to go to any standard, because there aren't any standard events. And I'm just like, let's get some Pioneer FNMs going. And like, I'm just like, yeah, don't bar, like, don't even bother building standard decks right now. Just build a Pioneer deck and go play some Pioneer events. Standards for Arena. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, let's get into, speaking of Pioneer, let's talk about the Pioneer metagame, shall we? Absolutely. All right. So. Uh, this is probably the last, one of the last weeks we're going to actually use Goldfish. Um, Goldfish is finally fixing their meta breakdown, but I think we're going to switch over to MTG decks probably starting next year, um, just because I think they always have a little more of a concise metagame breakdown. So, hey, Arena's mostly got their deck lists fixed, so let's, uh, let's take a look at it here if I can find my right, the correct tab. Ah, uh, here we go. All right, cool. Looking at the 14-day Pioneer metagame, in at number 12, we have Gruul Midrange sharing 3.1% also with Lotus Field and uh, Chonky Red and just regular Red Aggro. Uh, oh, you know what? Forget oh. this. This is still messed. Goldfish is still messed up. They it's like uh, half- two different reds, but both of them are the non-Lurus reds. Okay, they're all the non-Lurus reds. The, the difference being, like, one of them is, like, uh, the one of them looks to be the eight Eidolon build. Okay, and the other one looks to be, uh, well, actually, I just refreshed the page and it changed everything. 
Yeah, it's all it's all messed up. Hmm. Anyways, for anyways, let's go to MTG. Let's let's go to uh, MTGdex.net then, shall we? Uh, <laughs> let me send you this. Uh, all right. So in at number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, the difference between the two reds, by the way. Okay. Is one of them was playing um, Gatekeeper, and the other one was playing Chandra Dress to Kill. Okay, cool. All right, so in at number eight, we have humans at 3.65% of the meta. Rakdos Chandler, which I believe is also the um, the mid-range black-red deck, in at 4.1% of the meta. Boros at 4.62% of the meta. Bant Spirits at 5.84% of the meta. Red deck at 6.08% of the meta. Winota, uh, your, your sort of Winota werewolf deck at 73 then we have Vampires at 9% and Phoenix at 10.46. So that will be that for the 14-day lookout. Uh, as you'll see, Vampires went wild in the impact zone this weekend. Yeah, there's also been uh, apparently a lot of four-color humans also, which is crazy. It's not four-color humans. I think it's just like, I don't know why they have four colors here, but it's usually it's just like the it's the really just Orzov right now. I don't know why they're showing off four other colors, <laughs> two other colors there. This site's also weird. Yeah. What? Wolf, we'll f- I'll figure out a good alternative. Anyway, enough of that. Let's, uh, let's talk about the challenges topic, shall we? Uh, sure. Let's do that. All right. Here you go. Here is challenge number one for you. Good, sir. All right. On Saturday in eighth place, we have Tyla monster with vampires Seventh place, we have MJ23 with Vampires. Sixth place, O Daniel Akos with Is It Phoenix. Fifth place, Ivan Drago with Bant Spirits. Fourth place, X-File with Orza Vampires. Third place, Neighbor Squats with Orza Vampires. Second place, Peanut Brittle with Orza Vampires. First place, Shout the Community Member Wookie Wasabi for taking it down with Jeskai Creativity. A deck we kind of haven't seen in a while. So, uh, yeah, let's go down and let's talk about vampires. Ricky, what do you think? Do I need to Can throw see... the fe- do I need to throw the Phoenix alarm away and pull out Vampire Watch? I'm telling you. Also, this is a lot of Sorens. Can we talk about the uh, surplus of Sorens in this 8th place list? <laughs> they are packing a little more Sorens than usual. Because what we got here? We got four Sword and various Bloodlord. That's normal. Two Sword and the Mirthless. Okay, I've seen it, but you it's, know. It's been coming to common now. And now we got... So- Soren's Solemn Visitor. All right, now you've 50, lost 50, 50 Shades of Soren here. Uh, what does this one do? Creatures you control uh, get so plus one plus one lifelink, make a 2-2 vampire with flying, um, and you get an emblem with uh, your opponent's axe creature every upkeep. I think it's just the lore that we get to gain life with. I guess so. Um, just every turn it lords our dudes and we get lifelink? Yeah. Sure. I've seen worse cards, right? It means we it means we have le- we have more life to give to Soren the Mirthless flips, right? Because uh, we're going to do that because our mana cost is much higher than normal. Yes, we're no longer playing just a million like one drops and stuff like that. We are now yeah. Like... Yeah, so we got here. We got four Night of the Ebon Legion, four Death Legion Zealot, four Gift of Aetherborn, two Murderous Rider, two Edgar, two Kalidus, four Champion of Dusk. Yeah, that curve's pretty high. But we got Soren to to cheat it. Yeah. And like the sideboard, we have another Soren Solemn Visitor and two Blood Barons. This, what what, happens, this is what happens when just the vampire mirror hits and we're just all staring at each other behind our Blood Barons? Um, blood Barons can't block each other. 
That's right. So this is where the extra lifelink dudes are going to matter because you have to get to the the make yours a 10-10 flyer first. Yeah, but also, I mean, Soren helps you get there too, right? That's why, that's yeah. why we got the Soren. Right, exactly. Okay, all right. So uh, is there any <laughs> way we can make them is... Oh, no, you block with Mutavolts. Yeah. You animate two Mutavolts to block. Okay, that's the that's the trick. Yeah, that's the trick. All right, what do we got here? Seventh place, our usual. No more Soren, Solemn Visitor. We got the Go Blank instead. Uh, oh, Daniel Akos, what do we got here? We got a Brazen Bar. We got three Thing in the Ice. We got two Crackles. You still you still like the Crackles? I mean, for- I, I like Crackle because I like running. I like running in double Crackle, one maximize Velocity. I changed up my list. Yeah, we're on no we're on no uh, Galvanic Iteration in this build. I don't like that. I played some Galvanic Iteration, and it was insane. Are you finally a believer on Iteration now? I am. I've got two in my list. My list is, uh... I don't have Flame Blessed Bolt yet. I should upgrade my Magma Sprays to Flame Blessed Bolts. But my Magma Sprays are the Koth promos, and they're just so pretty, and I I don't have Foil Flame Blessed Bolts yet. Do you want my play set of Foil Flame Blessed Bolts? Because I'm going to upgrade to Double Feature Foils when they that set drops. Uh, I'll just buy those two. Good man. All right. So uh, you still like Crackling Drake then? I do like Crackling Drake. I actually liked uh, more Play With Fire. I actually got a lot of uh, mileage uh, out of like iteration, flashback iteration, Play With Fire. Yeah. And just sixing people's face mm-hmm. and scrying one three times. Um, It's like a really random thing you can do on like control players end steps. Uh-huh. That's unbelievably frustrating. They can only counter one. Like, they play Teferi, right? Yeah. They plus Teferi, and, like, you let their lands untap, and then you, like, go Iteration, and they're just like, sure, Flashback Iteration, and then copy it, and then they're just sort of, like, sitting there thinking, and then you cast the play with Fire, and you can either just chunk out their Teferi, or, better yet, just dome them for six. Mm Mm-hmm. It's 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 kind of fun. I, I like going to face and getting a bunch of scries with the play with fires. Okay. Other than that, this list looks uh, super dope. Very cool. All right. All right, we got Bant Spirits here. We're up into three selfless spirit now. That's a big choice. We're playing Katilda. Looks like we're entirely dropped out of Shacklegeist range. Come on, like like spirits players. Can we can we can we decide on Shacklegeist or Shack? You just made me a believer in Shacklegeist. Now I got to stop playing it. We're back on Watcher. No, they've been on Watcher. This is an interesting list. Um, this is pretty standard. The Katilda. Oh, man. I don't think I've seen the Eternal Knight Katilda. The backside is kind of scary. It makes, scary. Wanna, it makes you want to return the slab. Right. Um, Cemetery Illuminator in the sideboard. Very good. It's a card I think is, uh, I think, a little underrated right now. I would almost main deck that card. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a spirits player. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a humans player now, so, you know, trying oh, to figure it out. Of course you are. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got the another chunk of vampires deck lists. Some normal vampires. I think I'm going to have to uh, have you help me design. Obviously, we're going to keep the same news thing, but what uh, what what stinger should I have at the end of Vampire Watch? I don't know. I, I've been put on the spot like this. I don't, I don't. All right, well, we'll think about it. And we'll come back to it. All right, all right. Uh, the deafening silences in the sideboard are definitely going to help you out against Phoenix. 
Mm-hmm. Liana Waker of the Dead in the board is really interesting. Oh, wait, Waker of the Dead. Sorry, I thought this was Untouched by Death. Never mind, that's not that. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's normal. Okay. I thought it was the zombie <laughs> one. I was like, I was really confused. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the, the Vampire's deck list has a really rough game one with Phoenix, but like, obviously we're here to bring in against for the board. Main board, I feel like like Vampire is already pretty set to take out a lot of the format, and which is, you know, I, I've seen some people say like people weren't believers in Phoenix or whatever, and or not in Phoenix, in Vampires. And I've I've thought the Vampire decklist has always been good. I just never played it because I'm not getting scammed again. Because for whatever reason, this deck has it out to get me. Ricky can confirm I have the worst luck playing this deck. You just don't draw any of the good cards somehow. I don't. It's like the great the deck just like sits there and just plays with you. It shows you opening hands of like three good cards and lands, and you're just like, oh, keep, and then it just doesn't give you the good cards anymore. I'll draw like five Sorens. I don't know how the fifth one got there. The deck just says, hey, he needs more. Yeah. The uh there's lots of hate here in the sideboard for Phoenix. And uh to all my Phoenix players out there that are getting a little scared of the vampire menace, let me tell you. Sphinx's tutelage, run two in the sideboard, thank me in the morning. No one expects it. Everyone loses to it. You just play a control game. Let them exile your graveyard. Let them do whatever. Who cares? Now with iteration, you get to draw six, mill 12 plus. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's super insane. You're just going to mill them out. Super fun. Uh, not great against Yorian players, so, uh, you know. <laughs> All right, well, of course, let's go to first place now, Wookie Wasabi, with the Indomitable Creativity Deckless. A deck that we, I, I kind of forget when this really popped up a bit in the meta, but you know what? It's it's fun. I think it was kind of like more so around like the summertime, maybe we saw this kind of pop up as as being reported as Pioneer's Splinter, Splinter Twin, Twin Deckless, right? Yeah. So we got one Yorian, one Sage of the Falls, one Locust God, which are a big combo because... Locust God, whenever you draw a card, create a 1-1 one, one blue red insect token with flying and haste. And Sage of the Falls, whenever Sage of the Falls or another non-human enters the battlefield under control, you may draw a card if you do discard a card. So obviously you hit your Locust God, you hit your Sage of the Falls. Every token will make you draw and discard a card, making you another token. Loop ad infinum, and the, all the insects have haste. Seems so, good to me. <clears throat> what else we have here? We have Narset, Partner of Veils, Elspeth and Nemesis. Elspeth here... To make us the tokens because we have four copies of Indomitable Creativity, which is X, red, red, red. Destroy X target artifacts and or creatures. Reach permanent destroy this way. Its controller reveals the card from the top of his or her library. Until an artifact or creature card is revealed and exiles that card. Those players put the exiled cards onto the battlefield and then shuffle the library. So if we hit, if we exile some tokens from Elspeth or from Bertha Melodis or from Shark Typhoon... Then that means we then get to flip our library to find the only two creatures in our decklist, Sage of the Falls and Locust God, and then just pop off. Yep. Now, I will say this deck is really interesting in that I don't think a lot of players realize that you can still interact with the combo by killing one of the tokens in response. So if they go in on just only two tokens, if you kill one of the tokens in response to creativity, they only get one of the the flip still so they still will flip and they'll hit locust god or sage of the falls but they only get one of them which i think is very important so you can keep them off like half the combo to buy yourself another turn or two that also being said uh if you're worried about that you can just indomitable creativity for three yes 
you don't have to have all three targets. Yes. You don't have to hit three. But if you do it for three and they kill one, you'll still go for two. Um, really interesting, fun deck here. I kind of want to know if maybe they want to... Uh, this deck always scares me, because the Yorian deck that's looking for a particular spell, because you need indomitable creativity to go off, right? Mm-hmm. And technically you have enough control to like wade it out till you find the indomitable creativity. Yeah, I think that considers an EIs. Yeah, but like... Uh, I kind of just always want to run, like, one solve the equation. Yeah. Just to, like, you know, just to have it. Is there, is there, I wonder if there's room for, like, Omen of the Sea. Omen of the Sun and Birth of Melodis, but no Omen of the Sea. Yeah, like, like obviously, because those, those two make us tokens for our creativity. But, like, with a Yorian shell, like, I think we could get away with, like, an Omen of the Sea or two. Fires Invention Shark Typhoon will also just be a fine win con if we can't yes. combo off. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, it's just sort of nice to have the solve the equation to maybe go find the card we need. But mm-hmm. this deck looks really hot. Yeah. Even for your it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I've, I've played it in the past when it first kind of showed up on the format. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a deck that, like, I think if it was always around, I would get kind of bored of seeing it. But uh, it's a fun deck that I feel like when it pops up a bit, it kind of reminds me of just like, man, there's always cool stuff to be doing in Pioneer. Right. Uh, but congrats on Wookie for you know taking yeah, it down for sure. For sure. All right, let's uh, let's see. I opened up a couple other deck lists from this event. Um, third place, or sorry, ninth place. We have CFT SOC three with the Ascendancy deck list. What do you what do you think of Ascendancy? I mean, we've seen it pop up a little more lately. If you, I forget. Have you you played like Ascendancy back in the day, right? Like, I played Jeskai Tokens, which is, it was a deck where you, like, played Stoke the Flames and Hordling Outburst and Jeskai Ascendancy, and, like, you used a lot of Convoke spells. Okay. Uh, it was a super interesting deck, super powerful for sure with Treasure Cruise and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, it's nothing like this. This is a lot more, I don't know, consistent? Yeah. What's funny is, I was looking at this, and I was like, man, just from playing my Alamath Greed Piles... I have this deck, except for, like, the Ascendancies. I might pick up the parts to this, because I think this could be, like, a... $5 for a set of Ascendancies? Yeah, the $5 for Ascendancies. I think this could be, like, a fun go-to-a-paper-event deck just to try to diversify. Just, I... When I I get... Finally get to go play consistent Pioneer Weekly, I'm just going to be in the mood to just play something different every week. And I think looking at this deck list and being like, that's five bucks, why not, right? Next time I order Mm -hmm. some cards, throw this on the stack. Right. Hey, that's always fun. I keep a couple of Pioneer decks on me, but I can play Phoenix for eternity. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's come down here. Claudio with Niv to Light, of course. Could always uh, Pioneer mainstay Claudio. Let's come on down to 16th place, though. Phil Helmuth playing Dreadhorde Arcanist, Grixis Arcanist, really, with uh, three Leer Disciple of the Drown. We have four Arcanist, two Young Pyromancer, three Leer Disciple of the Drown, four Consider, one Duress. One Fading Hope, four Fatal Push, four Thoughtseize, one Collective Brutality, four Swiss Federation, four Divide by Zero, one Go Blank, two Coligans Command, one Unexpected Windfall. Um, this deck is hot. Mm-hmm. And the Learn package is pretty sweet. We get Environmental Sciences, uh, Teaching of the Archaics, and Mascot Exhibition in our sideboard uh, that we can learn out, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with like the Learn mechanic. I thought it was such a cool mechanic. Yeah. Um, I think this deck is 
spicy. Leer is just one of my favorite cards. Um, it, it's like interesting because when you play Leer, if you want to put it in a control shell, you can't play counter magic. Yeah. Uh, which I think is an interesting take. So things like the Dreadhorde Arcanist and Young Pyromancer uh, make this a lot more interesting. Uh, we don't have any ways to... Do we have any ways to buff our Dreadhorde Arcanist? Or is he on, only going to get us our one drop spell? I think he's only getting us our ones. Interesting. But, uh, you know, this deck has got a lot of reach. Also got a, plays a lot of man lands. Four man lands. Yeah, what do we got? Den of the Bugbearer, Hall, Hall of the Storm Giants, and two Hive of the Eye Tyrants? Oh, yeah. We getting them. Yeah. Two Sword of the Mirthless sitting on our sideboard, too. I mean, that card's just solid. For I like sure. this deck. All right, coming on down, we have Alpha Frog in 17th playing the Blue-Red Spells deck list, of course, with our... Oh, we're picked up uh, Alrun's Epiphany instead of the one, the the two of Temple Trespass. We're kind of splitting here, playing Juari Disruption now. I picked up my Trespass, by the way. Oh, I I forgot. I meant to ask you earlier when you were talking about you were playing your Phoenix. How are you? How are you feeling about Trespass? I didn't play it actually at the event. Uh huh. I picked it up uh, at a different shop I went to after the event was over. Okay. But I played. I played only three Treasure Crews. I played two iteration. It's time to slide that that Trespass in there and get to town. You know. There we go. All right. Yeah, I like the spells necklace a lot. It. it um... It feels powerful, but not too powerful. And honestly, I think if this is the way that is it went eventually, I wouldn't be too upset about it. This deck is super interesting to me. Um, like we're winning with like all runs epiphany uh-huh. birds, or like a Chandra ultimate or something, right? Or the the one of brazen borrower or one of shark typhoon. <laughs> yeah. So like it's super interesting. Um, you got you got hall in the side in the the lands as well. Yeah, I don't know if it needs all the like. Fiery, uh, sorry, the three spike field hazard feels a bit much with already 24 other lands, but I guess we are wanting to cast Arlen's Epiphany. Hazard is pretty nice because off of like a, a front side of iteration, it can help you dink away a Phoenix. Off of a front side of iteration? Like the, the first half of a Galvanic iteration. Huh. We're on full four Galvanic iteration. I'm surprised yes. this card's price is still holding it about like a buck 25 with how much play it's seeing. I mean, right now, Pioneer isn't really a price pusher. Right, that's for sure. And it's even standard, too, but that's also yeah, but not a... Yeah. The price pusher right now, you're not... <laughs> those for us don't have monkeys in them. Right, monkey only. Like, okay, when when Kaladesh first came out, if someone told you Karizev's monkey would ruin the modern format, would you believe them? Probably. Karizev was pretty pushed. Karizev was very good, but her monkey, though... Yeah, her monkey. I don't trust him. Shifty monkey. Look out, he's got a gun. Why does he keep coming back? Where does he go when he's not on the battlefield, right? He's just on her shoulder, right? No, right? Because she doesn't lose any power when he when he jumps off. Okay. So, like, you gotta wonder. Like, when he dies, he comes back anyways. So that's already fishy, right? And when yeah. he doesn't die, he just, like, takes off. He just leaves. Okay, hear me out. Ragavan is Lazav. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> All right, let's cut over now to Sunday's challenge, uh, which I believe was also a showcase. So big news for everyone playing in that. We have eighth place, uh, Menino Ney playing the Naya Winota decklist. My 0024 playing four color Omnath. And again, that Jeskai Sensei Sylvan Awakening decklist. 
Sixth place, we have uh, Zhao Hong Chen. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced your name there with Orza Vampires. Fifth place, we have Victor Carvalho 01 with Blue with Is it Phoenix? Blue Red, jeez. Uh, fourth place, we have Super Cal 12653 with Orza Vampires. Uh, Victor Rat Roat in third place with Lotus Field. Second place, we have Boland uh, on Is It Phoenix. And first place, we have Zerk with, and as I said on Twitter, just when I start forgetting about the stack, there's always that record scratch moment because it's Lesney Angels. Hey, we're back. Resplendent Angels are $25. Why? <sighs> because Commander and Angels, and it's a core set mythic. Gosh, this deck is super cool, though. I, I I can't hate. I can't hate. I keep wanting to play this deck, and then I see the price of Resplendent Angel, and I say, no, thank you. Right, that's what, that same, you know. Because I have, like, everything else. This deck is randomly just expensive. I don't yeah, know if I, I can th- afford those Luminarch veterans. Those Luminarch veterans. Uh, or, um, what's the Youthful Valkyrie being $12 because it was uh, a set list card, right? Oh, yeah, that was a set list, or set, sorry, it was a card exclusive to set boosters and theme boosters. What a great decision, Wizards. Yeah, what, was, what, a great, what a great time to be alive when they did that. They're still doing it, but it's like a little less egregious now, because it's like a cycle of rares for Commander. Yeah. But still. No, and, and again, I, I think I like this build of the deck better than the all-in Yorian White Devotion build, because right. at least this deck wins the game. Right, right. Um, the the, the mono-white Yorian build is just like, okay, you're going to book when I'm tapped out, and now you you literally, like, I don't know what your win con is, but it just I just can't win. You can't lose. I guess that's, I'll just concede now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but at least in this deck list, like, if you go watch the VOD from the stream that we just did before we started recording... Um, I got opponent down to like one and then the next turn they're back at 20 and it's just like oh my god Uh, I would like to uh, just look at the second place Phoenix list real quick okay yeah do you see first off we cut down to three thing in the ice we ain't afraid okay and oh this is your old build this is sort of like my old build but look at this look at this insane person here I like to cheese with two Crackling Drake and a Maximized Velocity, right? You'd uh-huh. be amazed how many games I steal where people just tap out and I'm just like, 14 spells in yard. Here comes Crackling Drake, Maximized Velocity, hit you for here 16. Come, here comes the boy. Yeah. It just gets people. And then not only are we playing a Maximized Velocity. We got the Kazool's Fury? We're really here to cheese with a Kazool's Fury. This is some. This is some pod racing. This necklace just feels like someone woke up from taking uh, like a, a a nap between the release of Strixhaven to now, and they still have their uh, Sheevan Reef. I have one Sheevan Reef still in my list because it's foil, and I just didn't want to remove it. And I don't have the new land yet, the Cut Cliff Falls or whatever it's called. Yeah, so like I said, this is definitely someone's just like I guess I, I got this old Phoenix necklace. It'll play. Yep. And gotta love the one of Fabled Passage. Expressive iterations. <laughs> the one of Fabled Passage. I play a one of Fabled Passage, man. That builds your yard. All right, all right. 
What do you think? We got uh, we got the Emergent Ultimate and Build of Phoenix and or of Lotus Field in third place. Also, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm fumbling a bit. I I moved. I helped my fiance move into our new place this weekend, and I am tired. Also, I just want to point out real quick. Boland lost. Right, they took uh-huh. second. They lost to the Angels deck, but they brought a one of a cleansing wildfire in their sideboard. They were prepared. They were trying. They were trying. But once again. A bunch of angels ruin a fair game of baseball. Yeah, once again. Oh man, can you imagine being the guy that's just like, "All right, I'm going to bring in a one of, I'm going to bring a cleansing wildfire." I know that angels deck is still out there, and then losing to the angels deck in the in the finals, and then the angels like, the pennant. And you're just like, I should have brought two cleansing wildfires. Wildfires. I keep like going back and forth with my humans build, and if I want to play Archon of Myria or Tomic in the board. Oh yeah. And I feel like every time I play the deck list, you pick I, the wrong I, one. I pick the wrong one every time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see here. What else do we have in this top eight? Uh, ninth place, we have Lava Ridge playing the the mid range Rakdos list. Now playing Magmatic Chandler. I think that's a really good include for this deck. It's spicy, that's for sure. So it's the it's the Bloodthirsty Adversary Graveyard Trespasser build. Yeah, I, I like Chandler. I hate Graveyard Trespasser. Stay out of my graveyard. Me and my homies love Graveyard Trespasser. No, no, no. Also, we're moving on. We're less Chandra, more Soren now. Yeah. That's a new change. Yeah. Let's Soren's draw some good. cards. That's two for one. That's two for yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. If we come it's... on, to, I I want to turn your, your attention, Ricky, to MP101147. I think I just activated Sleeper Cell there. Uh, in 25th place with this Rakdos decklist. I, what do we got here? We got four, four Bomat Courier, four Falcon Wrath Pit Fighter, four Voldar and Epicure, four Idol on the Great Rebel. Are you ready for this, Ricky? Four Shrapnel Blast. Oh my God. Four Vampire's Kiss, four Alms of the Vein, four Fiery Temper, four Light at the Stage, four Sanguine Statuette. This deck is so hot. This deck is so hot. And you get to Loris? Yeah. Oh my god. How is this deck list still $200? Because you gotta buy $60 with a Blood Crypt and $60 with the Eidolons. Okay, alright, that's fair. Dude, unlicensed disintegration in the board? Yeah. Dude, this deck. Alright. This deck is hot. So we get just bolts and fiery temper and alms of the veins. That's pretty cool. Voltar and Epicure. Uh, create blood token. So we get to we get to use our blood token to madness our bolts and then sack them off to shrapnel blast. I'm actually surprised we're not playing. I guess because we're playing Luris. I was like the the three drop madness four drop card. Mm-hmm. Or it's, it's four mana, but it madnesses for three. The blood hall priest or whatever. Yeah, whenever it comes into play or attacks, you get to uh, like two damage, two damage something. Yeah, if you have no cards in your hand. Or one or less card. I think it's a heck bent card. Yeah, it is. That card was sweet. This rem- this brings me back, yo. This is hot. This is a pile. It's just, Can it's we just get so Audric in here? <laughs> I would play like at least. I would real talk though. I want to play at least one Voldaren Estate in this list. Okay, just to make blood on our own. Yeah, I mean we've got a bunch of vampires. But, right? Ricky, unfortunately, the only things that would give us blood with Odric are Belmat, Curry, and Luris. Yeah, I can you imagine casting Audric and he makes no blood and he does nothing and he's a three mana three three and it was your that's, rare. Yeah, that's every time you play cast Audric. 
Anyways, I can't wait for the alchemy version of Audric. Right, that's <laughs> that's the only good thing that can ever come out of alchemy is in the next set. They're going to buff Audric and he's going to like come into play and he's going to like have like he's you're just going to win. I can't wait for the next wrestling stream we do where the match is going to be Morrow versus Odric. <laughs> Why don't we ever get any preview cards? Also us. Yeah. <laughs> beat up Mark Rosewater. <laughs> I don't think we're on the Christmas card list this year. I keep checking I my mail. I don't think so. I think Wizards hates us. We also support a format that they made and then decided to not. Oh, what it's a okay. World. World. All right, and then coming on down to 31st place, just because we haven't really seen it a whole lot, we have uh, a little bit of insole action with Ingenious Smith. Man, AFR had a lot of good hits in it, didn't yeah, it? Ingenious Smith is like a $2.50 uncommon also. AFR, and we'll get into it in a little bit, but AFR has got a lot of random just like power in the common and uncommon slot. What's the other one, like dead, Deadly Dispute? Deadly Dispute, the Innkeeper. Mm-hmm. There's like a bunch of other ones. Yeah. All right, well, uh, anything else in this challenge you want to talk about? No, I'm good. All right, well, since we're talking about value, Ricky, why don't we take a break from Pioneer real quick and why don't you run down to us some of your suggestions if people are still out there looking for some fun sort of magic pickups for the holidays. Take a break for the summer. There's a place I know. I know. All right, so... How do I say no to this? I'm just going to give a rundown of... What I think the best purchases are either, uh, you know, for yourself for sealed product, you know, wrap it yourself, Mm -hmm. put it under the tree, act surprised when you opened it, convince your parents Santa is real, you know, or if you are somebody who is somehow listening to our podcast and uh, doesn't know what to buy for people who play magic, uh, or you're just needing some inspiration on what would be a good thing to buy sealed product wise uh, for your friends or family that play magic. I've got a, a couple of suggestions for you at, at a couple of different price ranges and stuff. All, of course, to help just sort of like value, but also like pioneer play too. The first thing I'm going to suggest as far as a booster box goes, booster boxes generally go for about $100, a little bit less, you know, for a newer product. I think you can get Midnight Vow. No, not Midnight Vow. What's the actual set called? Crimson Vow? Yes. Bloody Vow? Crimson Vow, that was Crimson Vow. It's, okay. it's Crimson Vow, yeah, yeah you're right. right. You can get like Crimson Vow draft boxes for I think like 80 right now. And mm-hmm. honestly, those are a pretty good deal. The set is like not the greatest set we've seen for Pioneer, but it's got some hits. It's got some cards that are making waves in Pioneer. It's got the Kraken, it's got the Caretaker, the lands are good. And it's you get a Soren. box topper on top and you get Soren. Yeah, Soren's going to be, you know, possibly in the set. And you can open the lottery ticket that is the foil Castlevania Soren. You got a regular Castlevania Soren. Yeah, uh, that was cool. And uh, I've already moved it <laughs> to a very happy collector. Yeah, like I said, I, I eventually want to get like two for my collection just to have. Because, I again, I think it's going to be a card that we'll just constantly see Pioneer play. But I just like didn't have an immediate home for it or else I would have snapped it up from you. I'm sure I'll pull more. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think that, honestly, that's not a bad deal for boxes. I would get that box because of the box topper also. The box topper might not be a lot of value, but it's extra fun, and it is some added value to the price of the box. But if mm. I was going to pick up a box, just for all intents and purposes, as a gift in every aspect, I would have to go with a draft booster box of Zendikar Rising, which is still going for like 95 ish shipped. Mm-hmm. 
you're going to get 36 packs. You're going to get a box topper, and the box topper is going to be a non-basic land. It can be a shock land, which would be great for your Pioneer. If you open a fetch land, you won the lottery. You can't play it in Pioneer, but you can definitely trade it off for some uh, extra shocks and stuff like that. Uh, I think some of the fast lands are in there, too. Even the battle bond lands are super expensive right now. So if you have one of the battle bond lands, you can still be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, in the set, you've got you've got cards like the Agadim's Awakening, Seagate Restoration, Scatter, Satter, ugh, Shatter Skull Smashing, all sort of big hits in Pioneer, Omnath, all the pathways. There's six different pathways in that set that all are great for Pioneer. And on top of everything you can play the draft format, which is honestly one of the best also, draft formats we've Also, Sky, Skyclave Apparition, oh, Luminarch Skyclave Apparition, Luminarch Aspirin, yeah. And Amiria's Call, which sees a lot of play. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot in there that's good for Pioneer. I honestly think any any draft box that you can get that's Pioneer legal, really under 100 bucks, like that 80 to 90 range, is good because I, I think like the best thing with that is Hey, if you've got if people are around for the holidays, you've got sexual people around. You just get to draft the box and keep the cards. Exactly, um, Icoria booster boxes. If you can get them at a reasonable price, you can still find some for a hundred. They're not everywhere for a hundred, and they're starting to slow down. That's the other booster box I would suggest people snapping up. Um, it's got all the triomes in it and a lot of other lesser value cards that do see a lot of pioneer play. It's also a very, very stupidly fun draft format. Stupid because it's completely unbalanced and you do broken things. So do you house rules the pre-companion nerf? Yeah, if you're drafting Ikoria, you have to draft the companions as they were printed. Uh, or as they were originally done. As Garfield intended. Yeah, as, as Rosewater intended. Absolutely busted. Yeah. Um, that being said, if we're another great deal currently going on right now. And it might not still be going by the time this goes up, but currently on Amazon for about 120 shipped, you can get all four of the Pioneer Challenger decks, which is not a bad deal. It yeah. was going for 100 before this, so it was getting it was cheaper. Uh, but if you're still looking to pick those up, that's probably the best way to do it. And then for smaller things that I think are great value to buy, I would stick away from Kaldheim booster boxes. There's not a lot in Pioneer in Kaldheim. There are sales on Kaldheim where it's going for like 80 a box and stuff like that. I don't think it was a good draft format either. It was a fun draft format, but the, the sales are on set boxes. And the real problem is, honestly, I would have I would have said buy it at 80 if you got a Snowland in every pack. Oh, I ruined that for you by reminding you you don't get them in every pack? Yeah, actually. I had a, I had a tab of it open. But when you told me that you don't, I remembered that. And it was actually really frustrating to me. Uh, yeah, because I, I had the same thing because I was like, man, because I was getting rid of all just like the bulk comms and uncommons I had just to try to downsize and get ready to move myself here in like a month or so. And I was just like, all right, here's my Kaldheim stuff. How many basics do I have? I bought like three boxes of the set. Why do I only have like 20 basics? Right. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty egregious getting those Snowlands, actually. You're better off just uh, buying them as singles, the Snowlands. Yeah, even though it sucks because they're still like three dollars for the boat island right uh, i think some of the modern horizons ones aren't too expensive too if you want the full art ones yeah for sure then another thing i would highly suggest is a really good gift currently amazon is running a deal for the uh, afr gift bundle 
for 42.24 shipped overnight for Prime users. Um, that is 10 draft boosters of AFR and one collector booster of AFR. And that is a free collector booster. Essentially, you're buying at $4 a pack of the AFR draft boosters. You're getting the box, the dice, the extra lands and promo, and the collector booster What's for free. The, what color is that dice? It's purple. Oh, so it's the same one as the... Uh... It's oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's sparkling purple, and it's the real D twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. I bought I I bought one of those like when it first dropped, and I gave Marley that die. She loves purple, but yeah. I honestly I like the switch to the oversized spin downs, right. and I wish they were all regular dice because like they feel good. Right. Um, also, it's uh, if you're into the flavor text lands, some people think they're a little sensory overload, but they are sort of cool. Flavor text lands are in there. And foil, so that's nice. Um, but I think this is really good value. I know you're, you're thinking there's not a lot that sees play in Pioneer from AFR, but all of the Manlands, Ranger class, like there's a lot of cards from the set. Werewolf Pack Leader. The Werewolf Pack Leader. And like um, Ricky, like we said, Ingenious Smith, Deadly Dispute, there's a lot of good comms and uncommons yeah. in there. The Innkeeper is like getting up there in prices like to like mm-hmm. two or three bucks. Ingenious Smith is like two fifty a copy. Um, it's just a set that was sort of overlooked, and I think is now we're seeing a lot of the value coming through. And there's a lot of cool alt art cards in the set. Like um, I'm just looking at sort of like the value here, right? You've got Book of Exalted Deeds. We talked about that, like the the combo mm-hmm. deck there. Portable holes, another good uncommon. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? If you open the Magic mini game Booster Blitz token that's, that's like two dollars that's not real. <laughs> uh like even like a card like loaf i could see getting into pioneer at some point you know it's right. kind of like really big and standard right now so maybe it eventually gets into pioneer circle of dreams drew it i haven't messed with elves in a while but like that's a good they're only gonna print more elves right yeah so like yeah yeah uh if you get lucky old knob bones a stupidly expensive commander card right the last item I think that I bring up for sealed product to purchase for the holidays for people for gifts is a really cute sale that's currently happening. And I, I hope it's still happening by the time this episode goes out, but on card kingdom, uh, they're selling AFR or no, sorry, Aether revolt booster packs for three ninety nine, AKA at their, their original MSRP. It's down from six bucks, which is a pretty good discount, honestly, for an old product. Uh, you know, very, 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 very low chance at a lottery card. Mm-hmm. But uh, mostly, I mean, these, if you purchase a couple of these, it's mostly going to be either for like spicing up a chaos draft or maybe just sort of like getting to crack an old pack that was filled with a lot of very stupid, very powerful cards. Open up, you know, things like Fatal Push. I know they're not worth much, but it's sort of fun to open them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hard part of uh, the ship. The Crew 3 ship. Heart of Kieran? Heart of Kieran, yeah. I want to say Heart of Nalar all the time. It's Heart, Heart of, of Dad. Heart of Dad? Yeah, just the dad. Heart of Kieran, a bunch of other like just fun cards that see some play in Pioneer on the fringe in that set. Uh, so I think that's always very fun. Uh, nice little, like, I don't know. I like to, I don't get gifts for every single person in my life, but like the magic players in my life, if you run into me in the month of December... You're probably going to get handed a booster pack. Mm-hmm. 
And it's generally just a little cooler if you can have a, a little spicier than normal booster pack at yeah. the same booster pack price. So, and, and then also sort of to wrap up this, if you're a patron, I think last year we did a gift guide as well. And Ricky went over a lot of good sort of gear to buy, uh, like go buy like a photography backpack off Amazon or something like that. Those are really good for, for decks. You can't go wrong with the nice like boulder deck box or something like that. So, you know, there, there's always good stuff to have for the magic player in your life. Right. And uh, if you're going to buy sleeves, the only sleeves that I will endorse is Dragon Shields. And specifically, the uh, I think they're called the Dual Mat. Oh, the Dual Mats are good. Dual Mat, Black Interior. Single Mats are also still really good. I think they're fine, but there's so many DFCs now. Yeah, that's also fair. Hey, have you watched me play Phoenix? Yes. Where I've got all the DFCs in a separate stack that's bigger than my sideboard? Yeah, fair. Yeah. Just dual mats and save yourself a lot of uh, a lot of trouble, especially when more competitive events come back and people mm-hmm. get a little a uh, little more iffy on those yellow dragon shields showing through. You know, for sure. But anyways, that's what I have to say about uh, like sealed product and uh, just cool. different gift stuff. Uh, I'd love to come back more and uh, do the Christmas money. What singles are you buying? Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll probably do that. We'll probably do that for next week. I think right. Because that, that'll come out on Christmas Eve, so you can start counting your Christmas dollars up and think about, like, yeah, I want to buy those cards. You have to count your dollars on the train to the That's party. Right. <laughs> the Polar Express, I think, actually. Don't look at Tom. Don't look Tom Hanks in the eyes. Don't look him in the eyes, uh, but enjoy the hot chocolate. And it, honestly, I'm, like, super – okay, random side thing here. Uh, I, like, get super uneased by Uncanny Valley stuff. Okay. Like – especially, like, animatronics and, like, rooms that don't look real. Okay. But, like, for some reason, the one thing that's, like, in the Uncanny Valley that doesn't bother me at all is the Polar Express movie. I just love it. Except the nerd kid. The nerd kid always bothers me. Oh, the the Mobamba kid? (laughs) (laughs) You want to listen to Mobamba or Sicko Mode? I think it's just because, like, his voice is so annoying. Like, it's, like... How it's the Mandark make, voice, right? Can, it's, but it's like Mandark to 11. <laughs> what are you doing? You can't go back to 20. The guy said you can't go back to you. Oh my god, that was a perfect impersonation. Anyways, uh, my favorite part is uh, none of the characters have names except for the like random little boy randomly in a side comment says his name is Billy. And none of the other characters are. They're just listed as like boy and girl. Boy. Yeah, boy. Anyways. Boy. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick little bit now and just sort of talk about Pioneer Year in Review here. Uh, real quickly, I sort of pulled up our the meta from the last 365 days. Uh, so really just sort of break down just all top 15 here that Goldfish wants to spit out at me. Uh, we have Floor Color, Ascendancy, and the um, Azorius in Soldex at 2% uh, of the meta. Uh, we have Floor Color Omnath at 2.1% of the meta. We have Vampires creeping up at 2.2% in at number 12. We have Lotus Field also at 2.2% in the meta at number 11. Wars of Wars at 27 at number 10. Mono Green at 3% of the meta. Uh, Naya Winota at 3.5 and number 8. Number 6 here, 7 here, we have Mono Black Aggro at 3.9. Uh, number 6 here, we have Blue Black Control at 4% of the meta. Spirits at 5.3, number 5. Rakdos Pyro at 5.8. Uh, 
Uh, Niftalite at 7.5, Loris Burn at 7.5, and Is It Phoenix at 7.8. So that's sort of the numbers throughout the entire year for Pioneer. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think pretty much every deck except for Blue-White Controls kind of represented in, on here that I think of when I think of Pioneer from this last year, right? I mean, I think Blue-White Control, unfortunately, like it's like a pet deck for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. I feel like just like the Demir Control list somehow, I don't know how. Like you just cross like Supreme Verdict and Teferi and Settle the Wreckage that you get that you don't get in Demir Control. Like Demir Control always seems to like sneak out ahead. I think just spot removal is just better than than just Wraths right now. Right. I mean, you play like Shadows Verdict. I remember when Extinction Event was like the big deal. Because Uro? Or uh, Shadows Verdict. Yeah. Shadows Verdict for Uro. Shadows Verdict and Distinct- Extinction Event were like the two premium Wraths of the format. Yeah. I gave out uh, Foil Full Art Shadows Verdicts on my uh, for a Patreon, on my one. Patreon one. Yeah. 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 Only the real the real fans have that one. <laughs> Those for the real ones? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the Pioneer meta. Just sort of go through some of the releases, talk about what happened this year. Obviously, right, the year sort of started off following the wave of, hey, we banned all the combo decks in August of 2020. So now Omnath and Uro, or now Uro kind of took over the format. You know, February saw the banning of Teferi, Undercity, and former Balistrad Spy. Finally, Uro and Wilderness Wreck. Right. Wilderness Wreck... That went out this year? It did. That was the same ban. Yeah, I miss that deck, man. I miss Bug Wreck. That was such a sweet, or sorry, Sultai yeah. Wreck. Oh, I, I love, Sultai Wreck was always funny to me because you're just like, ah, don't worry, we have Reclamation. We can survive Uro being banned. Oh, they banned both of them? Yeah. I was like, you don't need the Uro. It's all about the Reclamation. And then they were just like, got him. That was the only ban this year, right? That was for Pioneer anyway. Yeah. The other form. Well, who cares about the other formats, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I still think all those were, were pretty justified bans. Right. Say what you will. Uh, they had to happen, unfortunately. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I think Oops All Spells was just too non-interactive. Oops All Spells. Uh, Oops All Spells was fun. I'm not going to lie. I had so much fun playing Oops All Spells. I also had fun playing Oops All Spells, but it's a deck I'm just like, yeah, I could see that one needing to go. It, pro- it needed to go. You know, you're right. Absolutely 120% correct. It needed to go. But man, that was it was a lot of fun while, while we had it, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's look at some of the releases this year. So we, we talked about Kaldheim, right? Ricky already kind of ran through some of the good cards of these sets. Uh, Kaldheim... As far as I remember, didn't do a whole lot to the format. Well, like Valky, uh, Valky bring delight. Remember? Oh, we we did have Valky BTL and Valky released the wins for like a couple weeks there. Yeah, it's still around, right? You can still do that, right? Uh, yeah. I no, mean, no, you can't. You can't Valky bring delight anymore, right? That's what mm, that was changed in the ruling. Yeah, you can still release to the wind Valky, but you can't BTL Valky anymore. Yeah, but Valky still does see play in Niv at some every now and then. Right. It's super awkward that... Uh, does it count as a red-black card when you flip it off Niv? No, I don't think so. That's a little awkward. The modal dual-face cards, honestly, as, as a whole... I guess we'll, we'll we'll save modal dual-face cards till after Strixhaven to wrap up yeah. that mechanic. But Yeah. Like, Caldon was fun because it introduced snow. And we all threw all of our basic lands in the trash. Uh, that was a fun time. Did you do that? 
no, because I couldn't find enough basic snowlands. But that's right, because they don't come one per pack. <laughs> oh my. It was there's a lot of fun in the snow decks, I think. Yeah. What else other than Valky and the best uh we got the Vanga bus. Honestly, the best card that came out of the set was like the red black pathway. Yeah. The red black pathway is probably the most influential card out of that set. Uh Vornklex saw a little bit of play. In like the big green decks, but the big green decks yeah. have sort of fallen away. Yeah. Uh I got Bergy for Bard class. Toski sees some sideboard play. Aaron's Epiphany is kind of trying to make it. I got Elvish Warmaster for Elves, Vangabus, Magda. There are like there are some fun cards for like tier two and tier three pioneer play, but nothing right. really like, took over is like really lasting in the format right now. Quakebringer was a fun uh, weekend on stream, but not much more than that, you know. No, I mean Faceless Haven does see play in like the mono black decks occasionally, right. but I think they're going back to Mutavault Hive of the Eye Tyrant. Uh, but yeah, I think generally just. Hey, we got pathways from Kaldheim, and that was good enough. Right. Um, uh, go go ahead. You ready to move on to Strixhaven? Yeah, let's talk about Strixhaven. A car, a set that like I feel like didn't do a whole lot, but then when I think about it, like it still kind of did a lot in that it uh, it really gave us expressive iteration, which kind of let us it brought us out from under the thumb of Niv Menace and and started the the ascent of Phoenix. So expressive iteration. Everybody, uh, you know, it was iffy if it was good or not. It was like, this card's probably good, right? It's the best card. We were all dumb. Yep. The Sedgemore Witch has seen a little bit of play. Yep. Not not a lot. Vanishing Verse was big. We got Apollo in that set. We got Silver Cool Silencer. We got replaced by Thalia, but I still like that card a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed playing Silver Cool Silencer in the Orsov decks that I played. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um... We got... We got two of our favorite pet cards, Magma Opus and Body of Research. Yeah, Magma Opus. Body of Research, one of these days, will be good, I promise. The Snarls were a little bit of a swing and a miss. Yeah. Um, which, like, some people were playing, like, the the choked estuaries and stuff like that. But, like, uh, maybe it's, like, a one or a two of in some control decks. Yeah. And, like, the the enemy colors just really didn't need another duel. Since they already had their their pain the fast land, land and yeah, like fast that's land. that's the big thing, right? So like that's why I think the shadows lands see more play than the snarls, mm-hmm. because the enemy colors just already are are treated better with fast lands and pain lands. Gotcha. Um, what else cool came out of Strixhaven? Crackle with power saw no play. Prismari command sees a little play every now and then. Oh yeah, Prismari command. Go blank. Go. Oh, I've. I've put that one out of my memory. I've gone blank on that one. <laughs> um, Velomachus Lorehold took over Historic, but didn't matter in Pioneer because luckily we don't have the Mystic Archives. Right. That started the whole debate on, uh, hey, when paper comes back, we'll have to explain to people what is and isn't Historic legal. Or what is and um, isn't Pioneer legal because of Historic. Getting Jumpstart, Modern Horizons, and ugh, you know that's a whole thing. Eh, but, you know, over, overall, I... I think, honestly, I I think Strixhaven also might have been my our fate my favorite of the uh, the sealed pools that we the sealed leagues that we did for our like our friend groups. Mm-hmm. The, honestly, the, the it was a fun it was fun limited. It was very fun limited. Strixhaven also uh, low key innovated copying spells 
been mm-hmm. thinking about this a lot, actually, about galvanic iteration, right? Okay. So, like, uh, the reason galvanic iteration, like, people are like, well, we've had twin cast and, like, double cast in Kaldheim, even. Like, we've got all these, like, fork spells reverberate, right? Mm-hmm. Why is galvanic iteration good? And, like, it's sort of hard to explain, but, like, copying spells was never good before because it was a risk. Yeah. Because the way all copy spells happened before Strixhaven, because Strixhaven gave us a common called uh, Lead by Example. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which was a red and blue hybrid, red and blue hybrid common, and it was a sorcery, and it said the next instant of sorcery you cast this turn is copied, right? It's the exact yeah. wording of Galvanic Iteration. It's a sorcery at a common, and it doesn't flash back, right? Yeah. And before that, all your copy spells were instants, and you had to target spells on the stack. Yeah. So if something happened that countered or removed your targeted spell before your copy spell could resolve, you would lose two cards for nothing. But the way Galvanic and Lead by Example and this new form of copying spells works and why copying spells is now good right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you could have always cast, like, a twin cast on a treasure cruise, but why is it good now? It's good now because if we cast the Galvanic Iteration first, they have to decide if they would like to counter the Galvanic Iteration or not. Because once you cast the treasure cruise, the trigger is going to happen, and in very rare instances can they counter the trigger and the spell, but uh, they have to choose. Like, you're going to get your copy. Yeah, yeah. I think think that's a good point, is that that now copies have, like, they're essentially almost counter-protection at the same time. Right. Because you cast your Galvanic Iteration, and if they counter that, then fine, you get your Treasure Cruise for free. And if they don't counter it, you cast your Treasure Cruise, they can counter one Treasure Cruise, but they can't counter both of them. So once your Galvanic resolves, you're going to get one Treasure Cruise in a situation where your opponent only has one counter spell. Yeah. So that is, I think, something to take is that that innovation came from Strixhaven with the copying spells. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see it more when we talk about Midnight Hunt. But Sure. And um, then... Uh, double-faced uh, cards finished? Modal ones? Yes. What do you think about modal double-faced cards? So, obviously, we had lands in Zendikar, but the Zendikar wasn't out this year. Um, in Kaldheim, we got creatures and artifacts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had... Spells and creatures in... Right, or creatures and creatures. Creatures and creatures. The Strixhaven didn't really have, like, a set whatever, right? It was kind of like... It kind of mixed that a couple different options, right? The Strixhaven ones were sort of rough because they were always two different colors. Yes. So it was like, like, you know, I could put the red one in my red deck, but, like, I'd only be casting the red side. Yeah. So generally, I think it was good as an idea because... It gives you more options, right? But unlike you look at the adventure spells, you only got one of the options. Well, you got both of the options. It was just like, this is how you played the card, right? Well, you only, you only got to do one of the options is what I'm saying. Right. Because the adventure spells, like right? Both. Yeah. Or skip a step and just go straight to the creature. Yeah. I do think that the Zendikar ones were probably the best because, again, they were just like, okay to good cards with a land on the back. I think the Zendikar ones were the best by far. I'm yeah. glad we did not get more. Also because Oops All Spells and other landless decks, right? I, I think the Kaldheim ones were just kind of held back by the cards that they were mixed with. 
but I think that they are also still fine there. Um, Redane sees a little bit of play, right? Um, is it Asika? Who's the god of the tree? It's Asika, right? The one that taps legends for mana? Yeah. Yeah. She sees a little bit of play here and there. Um, I think there there are good ones. And I, I think it's a really great way to build top-down flavor-wise with. Um, I just... And Valky's obviously really good. Um, yeah, and I, I think like it's just kind of a shame because it does feel like as we got more of them, my enjoyment of them kind of went down. But I think that's just of the cards that were used split-wise. But generally, I think the mechanic of modal dual face cards as a whole was good. Also in Kaldheim and Strixhaven, I think they were all rare or mythic, right? Yes. They were uncommon ones in Zendikar, but there were not uncommon ones in Kaldheim. And, I believe uh, that is correct, yes. So that was also sort of interesting. They were very strange. I'm glad that we didn't get more lands. The pathways are super interesting in my opinion, and I think a lot of people lose a lot of games because they play their pathways incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to play them last. You want to make the decision as late as you can, like all things in Magic, right? Yeah. Uh, and, like, making sure you pick the correct side is very important. All in all, du- modal double face cards were very interesting, done best in the first set. And I do think that it's interesting, right? Because if they had gone, like, a three-set block, yeah. where it was Endicar the whole time, and the modal double face cards was the main theme of the block it would have been super old by Strixhaven. But because we got to switch locations and change the surrounding mechanics around the double-faced cards every time, Mm -hmm. I thought it turned out way better. For sure. So, Uh, good. Go ahead. I was going to say, after Strixhaven, we get to AFR. Also, I'm looking at just the release schedule. God, so much stuff came out this year. Like, there's like four or five things in between every every release. Right. Uh, AFR was very good. But it was very not evidently good. Yes. The big things that immediately took place in Pioneer were the Manlands. Mm-hmm. Monocolored Manlands. Uh, before this, all we had was Faces Haven and Mutavolt. I don't think yep. we had any other Manlands in the format. Or we had the BFZ ones that were like yeah. a little, a little Wan- rough. Wandering, wandering Fumarole, Lumbering Falls, those ones. Yeah, Shambling Vents has seen a little bit of play. But like, I don't think any of the other ones have. Uh, I've seen some. What's the black green one? Death Touch Fog or whatever. Yeah, like I said, they they like Ricky said the the shambling vent kind of sees the most. The other ones just kind of are here and there. I think the big thing is that all the Zendikar ones come into play tapped, and these ones can come into play untapped. Yes. Uh, which is also uh, kind of interesting because like it took the place of a core set, right? Mm-hmm. And you think about it, they come into play untapped when there's no way you could activate them, right? first yeah. two turns of the game and they come into play tapped on turns you could activate them so newer players actually playing them who might not know that your lands are summon sick right they they don't make the mistake of like play the land immediately animate it why can't it attack oh i never thought of it that way that's pretty that's pretty clever the big card that shook up pioneer from this set was a, a stupid cleric in my opinion at least the stupid moon cleric that made enigmatic fires a deck Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Innkeeper it's a tier also, two deck, but it's in, like Innkeeper also did a lot for the 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 sack decks. Innkeeper did do a lot for the sack decks, and uh, the Windfall card continues to be like randomly just in a lot of places. I think that common is also worth like a buck or two. 
Yeah. I mean, that, and that's just a relatively recent thing. So really, like, anything at any point in time can kind of blow up in Pioneer. Right. Uh, so, and then the Smith is seeing some play. Yep. Ranger class. Ranger class and Pack the Werewolf Leader. have seen play. Yep. Anything else we're missing from this set that saw a lot of play? Portable uh, Wish sees, like, someone of play sometimes. Yeah, Portable Hole, like I said. Portable Hole, yeah, that was what a do you, What one. do you think of the class mechanic, like, retrospectively? It's very fun and very flavorful, and I've liked it a lot in, in like, some games. Yeah. But I don't think, like, it's sort of weird. I, I, we had Bard class. How can we forget Bard class, right? I love, I love Bard class. Bard class created a very fun deck for a good while that was a... Uh, a flash in the plan, a flash in the pan, explosive combo deck in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the class cards altogether were good. I think there's like a really clear split on like this class is reasonably costed in all of its modes, or at least two of its modes, and then there's the rest, right? I thought it was just an interesting way to like do a card, right? Where it just yeah. Like, it's like level up, but on an enchantment, which is nice. But, on, and it just but as passive. a saga, as like a saga instead. Yeah, I liked it a lot. There were some weird ones. I think sorcerer's class is still super weird. Mm-hmm. Like it lets your creatures tap for mana to upgrade the class. Yeah. Um, Warlock class still sees a lot of play. Wolf aside, most of the planeswalkers are pretty poopy. They were very poopy planeswalkers. I, I, I think I went down and said that they were the worst planeswalkers I've ever seen. I thought Lolth was pretty bad, honestly. But well, once Lolth you ban turned it, out to Once, once you ban half of standard. Right, right, right. Like Grandmaster Flowers, ugh. Eliwick, I think, is a cool character, and I would love to see her come back at some point, hopefully, maybe. Because uh, we got Frog Friend right. But, like, her being attached to the adventure mechanic is really holding her back. Dungeons, of course, were a f- they were a limited mechanic. Uh, they were a fun limited mechanic, honestly. The real problem with the limited format in AFR was treasure. Mm-hmm. Because, um, believe it or not, when one of the mechanics of your color is you just get more mana and fixing, like you just become the best color combination. Like, Red-black treasure <laughs> decks were just so much better. And you just took rares that were out of color in pack three if you were already in red-black treasure... You, you were going to have treasure left over. You're going to be able to cast them. Yeah, who cares? Take the take the black uh, or take the, the white dragon. It doesn't matter. You'll cast it. Very stupid. Very, very stupid mechanic to put in limited. Uh, but the dungeon stuff was actually really fun in limited, which is a shame. So uh, all in all, though, I thought AFR was very ambitious. Yeah. Without being too overpowered. It was what, honestly, it's what Eldraine probably should have been. I, I think, you know what, like, also, they knocked it out of the park with the flavoring. Like, they really got the D&D stuff right. Right. Fair. Very fair. And I think it's um, a very good test run for more, like, universes beyond type stuff in the future. Right. And uh, Drizzt is too, too good. What were they thinking? That card is insane and limited and so unbeatable anyway. <laughs> All right, is AFR? Oh, how could I forget? We've got double Innistrad now. Yeah, Midnight Hunt, baby, and and Crimson Vow. Of course, before those though, we had the Pioneer Challenger decks drop. Uh, those were awesome. Yep. I'm unfortunately they got priced into bad. They got priced into bad, but like that's really unfortunate. It's just more wizards not caring about their local store. 
Oh, 100%. That is not on the product because, like, right. again, I think I think we said, like, if they were at, like, that $35, $40 price range. Like, you can buy them right now on Amazon for $125 for the set. Yeah, you know? perfect. Perfect pickup. But when you're trying to charge, like, $50 plus, you really got to think about how bad you want them. Yeah, they're really great at $25 to $35 a piece, honestly. They're fantastic at $35 a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Unfortunately, I, as much as I want to promote buying from your LGS, your LGS has to charge fifty. It's not their fault. Like their yeah. their cost sunk into them is already at thirty five per deck. So rumor has rumor has it that the the great magic price hike they talked about like last year, early this year, is going to start happening with Kamigawa. Yeah, five dollars a pack. They're already yeah. doing that. Set boosters already five bucks a pack, anyways. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but I think like draft boosters are be like five or six bucks now. Six bucks is too much. Five bucks a pack, honestly, that probably should happen. Like, you pay, yeah. you know. But I mean, think about it, though, right? If draft boosters become five, set boosters become six. Yeah. I don't know. I consider a draft, like, a $20 investment anyways. Sure, that's fair. Because you're going to pay, like, at most LGSs, right? You're going to pay, like, $16, and some of them even charge tax on the draft entry, right? Mm-hmm. So you come out to, like, 17 bucks for the draft. You're probably going to buy a soda from the LGS for, like, two bucks. Or, or some sleeve, new sleeves. You know, uh, now you just got to be a little more frugal on your sleeves and bring your own water bottle from home, but it's still just going to be a $20 draft, you know? That's fair, yeah. Um, you know, it, affecting box prices is going to be sort of crazy, you know? Yeah. But we'll see how that goes. Anyways, uh, Midnight Hunt. Midnight Hunt Crimson Val. Midnight Hunt gave us Galvanic Iteration and let, Consider. Let the big dog hunt. It gave us all the cool werewolf cards that would eventually make it into Winota and make Winota a real deck again, like Brutal Cathar and Huntmaster and Tovlar, Tovlarone himself. Tovlarone's baby his legs. Leg, and his baby yep. legs. Yep. Um, Arlen Cord gets dunked on. Teferi stared at the sun a little too long. Um, and we got some interesting human payouts. And uh, the lands are good. The lands are very good. Uh, they look bad because they're get deemed the slow lands, but turns out most magic games go past turn three. So yeah, I, I, I feel like we haven't seen them a whole lot in, in pioneer even, but like, I, I think if you're like a 23, 24 land plus deck, you could play like a, like three or four of these guys and not have a problem. Right. Like, I, I think like if, yeah, if you're an aggressive deck, right. If you're like sub 21, 22 lands, maybe not, maybe you still play your check lands. But when you're playing 23-plus lands, I think these can easily replace the check lands. I did feel a little rough about this set when I was doing, like, the top five stuff and uh, helping out the professor with his top fives for Pioneer mm-hmm. and stuff. Because it kind of felt like this set was just, like, strict upgrades to cards that everybody was playing, like Play With Fire and Consider. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And honestly, like, Consider didn't just upgrade Opt. It changed everything. Yes. Um... And then, of course, uh, all the new cool werewolves are very cool. What else did we think was going to be good in this set? We got, like, cards that just have just shown up play-wise, right? Faithful Absence. Faithful Absence have shown up, yeah. Some of the Adversary Cycle. I said the Red Adversary was the best Adversary. You did. Uh, Memory Deluge sees some play. Um, Champion of the Perished. You have, not in Pioneer, but Faithful Mending was a good card in that set. I did say I did say Sunset Revelry was the best card in the set, and I still believe, and that card is still insane in Pioneer. It's just the problem is Azorius Control just isn't there yet. 
The Azorius players... Azorius control let us down, is what you're saying. The Azorius players that are out there love that card, and they like talking about how much of a blowout it is, and how much it, when you get all three modes, you're just going to like slam your opponent like with value, right? Yeah. And it is, and it will be, and it's amazing, but I don't know what blue-white control wants. I think it just needs like a path. Maybe. It just needs Maybe. a one-mana good removal spell. I mean, Fate Flap since... Ugh. It, it has it has hold, but the problem is really the instant speed and pioneer, right? So uh, honestly, Lear seeing play now. Red and oh, seven yeah. saw a little play. Uh, Meat Hook Massacre is priced out of seeing play. Yeah, Meat Hook Massacre is forty dollars, forty five dollars each for Commander, and so people in Pioneer just aren't even playing it. I don't even yeah. see it doesn't even see play. No, it's sort of funny to me. But, I mean, you don't really need it when you've got things like Shadows, Verdict, and Extinction Event stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. But, and uh, Crippling Fear. Crippling Fear got really big in Pioneer. Yeah, I forgot to mention that in Calheim. Finally, Crimson Vow, CV, we're here. Oh, it's the Vampire set. It did actually help the Vampire deck. We clowned on it for not having any good Vampires. They had Edgar. Edgar's enough. Edgar and Soren. Uh, Soren, the upset at my... Uh, granddad marrying a new step grandma. Step grandma. Um, Headless Rider did really cool things with the zombie decks. We saw Claudio playing. Yeah. Um, Voice of the Blessed. I, like it, that. That. The, yeah. the Solstice deck is still like. Oh god, so much toast. Uh, the Solstice deck is kind of like still you know tier two, tier three, but Voice of the Blessed is a house. I love that deck so much. A lot actually. Thalia, you know what, Ricky? For all of Ricky's doom saying. She's not as good, but she's still very good. Uh, then we hull broke some horrors. We did break some horrors. Uh, and, the you know, not some formats, but there's been some, like, blue-red spells builds that just want to, like, treasure up into the Hullbreaker horror and then ruin your day forever. Yep, I've played those decks. You know what's uh, really good? Uh, when your opt scries one, draws one, and returns a creature back to its owner's hand. Not just a creature, any permanent. Right, any non-land permanent. Or even better, if it bounces a spell off the stack. The best thing about Hallbreaker Horror is that it can bounce itself back. So if your opponent's like Faith Labs, you're like, how much mana you got? I'll just put this one back in my hand. I'm just going to bounce, yeah. I'm going to bounce my boy out of here and flash him back in. Uncounterable. Um, Why is he uncounterable? You don't see a a coven. Uh, We got the the companion and adventure hate card a year late. With Washout, or Wash... I forgot about Washout. Yeah, one blue counter-target spell that was not cast from a hand. Um, wow. Welcoming it, Vampire, like... I think, is going to eventually do things in Pioneer. I do think that card is really good. Um, a couple of the Cemetery Cycles are solid. Illuminator, oh, Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper saw the rise of Burn and eight Eidolon Burn. Eight Eidolon Tribal. Oh, that deck upsets me. Oh, it hurts. It hurts so bad. <laughs> but uh, all in all, Ricky, like, you know, we can keep listing out cards that saw play from these sets. You know, Pioneer, I think, had a... We had a good time after we got the Eurobands and stuff like that. The Niv sort of just took over. Now we're seeing the rise of Phoenix. But generally, I think Pioneer is in a good place. I think so, too. And for all the naysayers, like, especially during the summer when Wizards was like, hmm, Pioneer doing well. What if we double player cap for challenges and then we didn't fire challenges for like three weeks or whatever? Um, and everyone said Pioneer was dead. 
But then Wizards is like, okay, all right, we were wrong. Changed challenge caps. And now Pioneer Q, like the Pioneer practice rooms are always bumping now. It's Pioneers just had a great resurgence over the last like several months. Right. And I would like to thank Wizards for ruining the arena formats to make this help make this happen and keep the right. tide rolling. I'd also like Wizards uh, for pricing everybody out of Modern in order to keep us in Pioneer. Actually, I'm I'm actually really happy if Wizards just doesn't do anything for Pioneer. Besides give us events. Yeah, that's all I want them to do. I do not want Pioneer Horizons. I think that will ruin the format because I think that I, what I've come to realize is when Wizards goes, oh, we'll print cards directly for this format. It's bad. It kills it. Don't. Modern Horizons and Commander have, have been worse. Two or three years, I would maybe like a master set, but like that's all I ever want for this format. Right, right. But I think it's been a great year. Yeah. And you know what? Like I said, don't don't let this wave die out. Like when the holidays are over, go to your LGS, say, hey, we want to start running Pioneer, get people interested in the format. And I just hope that the community at large, outside of the immediate Pioneer community, don't just settle on having alchemy around, sort of like they did with Historic, right? right? And get your booster shot. Get your booster shot. Go do that. Get out there and play yeah. some Pioneer. Get some Pioneer going. Get, get vaccinated, get your booster shot, do all that good stuff. Wear a mask if you, if you feel the need to. Uh, just go be safe, have fun, enjoy magic. Enjoy the holidays. Yeah. All right, <sighs> Ricky. Well, it's uh, it's been a long one. And like I said, I am tired still from moving. So anything else before we sign off this week? No, I think I'm uh, I'm pretty happy with uh, how this turned out. Everybody get those last-minute gifts for whoever you need in your magic life or non-magic life. And uh, honestly, stop trying to introduce people to Standard and introduce people to Pioneer. For sure. And I there's plenty of, plenty of good budget necklace. We always have the budget sort of spreadsheet in the Discord. It's, I think, pinned to the subreddit as well. You have the challenge decks you can just go pick up now. You know, hey, if someone's looking to get into magic, you know, maybe just pick up a Pioneer Challenger deck or two for them. Right. There's plenty of good options around. Um, I want to remind everyone that not next week, uh, but the episode that will come out on New Year's Eve. So please be sure to have your Does It Slap submissions in by around Monday the 27th. Of course, this month's Does It Slap challenge is give your opponent something. As long as it isn't the demon <laughs> contract combo. So give your opponent choices. Give, you can harmless offering them something, but uh, we just don't want a million demon contract decks. Uh, Ricky suggested give choices. You know, Finn the Fang Bear, give them some poison decks, some poison counters. Give your opponent something. All right. And uh, of course, if you're listening and haven't signed up yet, our webcam event is on Saturday this week. So be sure I'll hopefully see you there. I don't know if I'll be able to play the whole thing, but uh, I should be able to please play for some of it. So it should be a lot of fun. We'll talk to you all next time. Ricky, where can they find you on socials? You can find me on Twitter at also Steve. What and you about, can find me oh. on YouTube um, on Doormonster and on twitch.tv uh, at Doormonster TV. All right. And then, of course, you can find me at Crew3Podcast on Twitter, you. where I run our channel and talk about sort of my own personal stuff here and there. Uh, if you want to see pictures of the dogs, I've posted some, several dog pictures before I had to get out of the car and help with the move. And then, of course, you can find me over at Crew3MTG on Twitch and YouTube. Schedule's kind of all over the place right now just because of the holidays and things like that. But I try to stream a couple nights a week, and then I upload those VODs within about 48 hours to the YouTube channel. So... We'll talk to y'all hopefully next week. We'll kind of see what happens with the holidays. If not, hope you enjoy your holidays. 
We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.